everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Ventime with Connie. Ventime with Connie is a podcast that talks about different topics such as love, God, self-worth, career, relationship, and so on. This podcast allows me to share my thoughts and opinion about everyday life events, and I hope my listeners are inspired and can relate with these topics that I talk about. Alright, please don't forget to follow me on Facebook and Instagram at Ventime with Connie, and you can also like and follow on Spotify, subscribe and rate me on Apple Podcasts, and you can send me your feedback to VentimeWithConnie at Yahoo.com. Thank you for tuning in. All right, let's get to the episode. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Vine Time with Connie podcast. I'm your host, Connie. Welcome to episode 25. First, I'll be giving a shout out to two group of women today. This is something I'll be doing throughout the month of March because March is Women's Month. First shout out goes to all the single mothers and married mothers out there doing everything in their power to care for their children, especially in this current situation the world is facing due to coronavirus. Children are back home because school has closed and mothers have to juggle being a working mother and a teacher because their children still has a lot of homework. Also, I do know some fathers are going through this with their wives and baby mother, so shout-out goes to them as well. Another shout-out goes to my sister-in-law, Vivian Mocker. Thank you for showing me love and care and refusing to be a stereotypical sister-in-law. I love you. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, in this episode, um, I was honored to interview a delectable, hardworking, and jovial young lady. She is a co-founder of Ikenga Nation and Express Evo Group, software developer and web application development consultant. I'm talking about Udochi Okeke. I had so much fun recording this episode with Udochi and I was enlightened and I hope my listeners learn one or two things after listening to this interview. Okay, let's not waste any other time. Here is the interview I had with Udochi Okeke. Enjoy. Hello, Udochi. How are you doing? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing well. You are in Washington, D.C., right? Yes, I am. So how how are you dealing with how are you coping with the social distancing the coronavirus thing? Oh my gosh, I've been quarantined all week. So I'm a software developer, so I'm working from home. Um, mm-hmm. We happen to be one of those in- industries where it you know it's not like too abnormal to work from home. So we just have to cope, and so everyone's working from home. I've been in the house. I've only gone out a couple of times to go grocery shopping. So I haven't had a lot of issues with getting into contact with people. My family members have also visited a few times. So, you know, we're, we're still Corona free. Thank goodness. So, <laughs> oh, okay. That's good. I work from home too. So it didn't affect my job. And, um, but going to the grocery store and seeing that every chef is empty, the way yeah. they run out of things is so crazy. We're talking about software, um, developer so you're a software developer and I was wondering is it the same as software engineer let me think because I've had that issue of trying to trying to distinguish for the longest time like computer engineer versus software engineer versus computer scientist versus software you know developer 
if I had to be honest with you, I would say I really don't know if there's, if there's, if there's a difference because to me it's all coding oh, and okay. a so- and software is just, is just code. It's just written language. So I can't imagine that the engineering part would go far beyond um, that. Yeah. That, you know, yeah. So in school, you didn't really study engineering and then later on, you know, focus on software. Are you, your major has always been software developer. It's so funny. That's a very good question. I, I studied psychology wow. in college. Okay, that's a totally different thing. <laughs> completely out of the... But the school I went to was a tech school. I went to our uh, Rochester Institute of Technology. Yes. So almost everybody was a computer scientist. Computers were everywhere. We had. I mean, this was in the late 2000s and probably the, or mid-2000s. I'm dating myself, but... Um, it was like 2006 when I graduated. So, um, okay. yeah. So, but we were actually pretty high tech for schools at that time. Yeah. So like that was when Facebook came out. That was when, you know, but we were, everybody was already digitally connected. Like internet was what was throughout our whole school where not, it wasn't common um, yes. at the time. Mm-hmm. And you know, and things of that nature. And everyone had a laptop. I had my own computer. You know, these are things that, that like now everybody just does. It would not be back then it wasn't. And so I was exposed to software development. Even like I had a MySpace page and another blog page when I was in college that I used to uh, change the HTML when I was in school back then. And so um, it was like something that not everybody had the skills for. But I, I started studying it then, but like my focus was my studies, which was psychology. I never thought that I would be a software developer at some point, but you know, my exposure definitely informed my final decision, which was really mostly based on money. Like I did, I wasn't making a lot um, when I was exploring jobs in psychology. So, and I, and I knew that I could get to my goals faster if I had a job with a higher income earning potential. So yes. I went further and decided to teach myself to code. Yeah, I mean, yeah, we still need to pay the bills. Like, we still have to make sure <laughs> the career we do, do in our passion will bring food to the table, you know? So exactly. that's, that's a common sense thing. But um, you're co-finder to so many things, especially Ikena Nation. Um, so yeah. is, is it your experience with software developer kind of draw your interest in starting that? Um, to, be a, to do startups? Yes start up in the nation and some other things too that you are co-finder of yeah so um the first thing i ever started so i'm like a serial entrepreneur which is actually a gut-wrenching thing to say because i know what that really means that really means that i'm a jack of all trades and do a lot and it's taxing but it also for this disperses your energies too much Yes. So it's because it's a lot more productive to stick to one thing. But some people are able to, like if you've ever seen Gary Vaynerchuk, this Gary V guy that's on the internet, he does a lot. He has a, he has multiple different companies, but he also has money at his disposal that he uses to start all those companies, which he worked, he did, uh, he got through hard work. Um, but me personally, my coding skills allow for me to build the website to start multiple companies that are forward facing, have a front facing audience because the internet makes it so that you can have people who know, who, who can approach you from anywhere in the world. So it's much easier than once upon a time when you had to build your own shop and you had to have money for the building and for the supplies and stuff like that. So 
in that way, yes, my ability to code made it possible for me to erect mul multiple storefronts, quote unquote, if you, you know, want to put it that way, um, very easily. So that made it possible for me to be a serial entrepreneur. Obviously, there's other things you have to do, like incorporate your business, you know, um, get turn it into an LLC and everything like that, which will require a little bit of funds and, you know, knowledge of that, that space. Yes. But overall, yes, it is actually being able to code that allows me to make so many things that um, allow people to connect to me in a professional way. Okay. So I wanted to know, um, for the Kenya Nation, so how did that come about? Like, why did you decide to start up this Ikenga? Iken, is it Ikenga Nation? Ikenga. Ikenga. Ikenga Nations. Yeah. Why did you start that um, company? Yes. So very good question. So Ikenga Nation was a evolution, if you okay. will, okay. of some I some things that had been going on. So um, I decided to start Ikenga Nation because for the longest time I grew up in in America. I grew up in DC, and my um, but I went to I went to boarding school in Nigeria when I was a teenager, and my family has always been very uh, passionate about our roots as um, Igbo people, as Nigerian. And for a long time, I thought of us as Nigerian. Yes. And, but then now I think of us as Igbo people because of research that I started to do. Now, when we, when growing up in DC, we, and especially in America, we talk about uh, Africa as a whole. Yes. We just, we talk in very general terms because we don't really no have much. the, yes. yeah, it's like you don't have the depth perception. It's like you don't know the deepness of it. It's like somebody who, it's like somebody calling it water versus H2O. Yeah. If, you're, if you're a chemist, you know that there's two molecules of hydrogen and one of oxygen, yeah. or two um, atoms of hydrogen and one of oxygen that's mm -hmm. making this thing. So you now start talking to it in specific terms. Mm -hmm. But if you're just a regular person who's thirsty, you're just like, oh, that's water. Mm -hmm. So that's the difference between growing up in America and being someone who lives in the on ground in Nigeria. So the more I did research uh, after coming back from boarding school and the more I started getting exposure to other cultures, because when I was in college at RIT, I went, I'm, I lived in the dormitory where I met people from all over the world. I intentionally wanted to live in the international dorm because I considered myself all of a sudden international because yes. I had been to Nigeria. And so I considered myself more Nigerian than anything else. Even though I grew up in, in D.C. and I went to school with African-Americans and different people, I never fully considered myself a Black American because I didn't really feel connected to Black Americans because I grew up in an African home and I was teased by Black Americans for being African a lot. So I never really told myself that I was connected to them. I never felt any solidarity growing up. If that's, I know that sounds bad, but I have to be honest because you know I grew up being teased, so I thought, to myself, okay, I'm this, I'm Nigerian. But then the deeper I got, like when I was actually sent to Nigeria in boarding school, I became more curious. Um, like what's, what is it about all these disparities? What is it about, my, why is Nigeria like this and America is like this, you know? And I started asking deeper, deeper questions um, of myself, of the world, of the people around me. Like, why is this like this? And, you know, 
it was very overwhelming process for me actually yes. um but then i found a group of people called Indosiak Nani, and they um the the leader Moso talked a lot about global dynamics like that's one of the big things that he talks about and teaches people online about global dynamics and he speaks predominantly in Igbo when he's discussing these things but he speaks about it in saying that there are global dynamics that are influencing the way the world is and we as African people, Nigerian people, Igbo people need to be honest with ourselves about what those global dynamics are and essentially like if you don't if you're not honest with yourself you're gonna you're gonna be you're gonna go through the world very very like confused you won't really understand why things are happening to you and so I started really thinking about these things deeper because I had already had an interest but this really dug me deeper to the point where I was like what is it about our why does the does the leaders in Africa behave this way and then you go back to the colonial era and the reason why has a lot to do with the structure of these countries, which was, and we always say, oh, they put people together that didn't know each other. And it's actually much deeper than that because you have to go into the why they did that. And that has a lot to do with, you know, commerce and capitalism and what they were trying to achieve to do that. And so everything I look at is like, there's a purpose. There's a reason why things are this way. There's a reason why they went a certain level. They went a certain distance with Africa and then they left because their purpose was commerce. So when they couldn't no longer achieve their aims the way that they were going about it, they moved on. And especially when the Cold War and their resources, their resources were too, you know, they couldn't keep up what they were doing in Africa. They had to move their resources so they could focus on the Cold War and all that other stuff that was happening in Europe. So in America, so, you know, there's a reason why all these things are happening. And the problem that I see today is that um, a lot of Africans have gone away from the process of being introspective and focusing on themselves, and they really focused on outside. So it's not a it's not a deep problem, but it's it's not it is a deep it's not an easy solution. But I yes. I personally believe that it's something that um, each person has an obligation to think about and then focus. Just focus on what little thing you can do as a person to contribute. It's not a thing where I'm trying, like Ikenga Nation's mission is to bring the Igbo language into the discussion, Igbo language, symbols, and culture into the discussion about global or like science, technology, um, and other things. Because I believe that through that, we can actually have a real conversation about the nature of the world, the diversity of the world, the different ways that the world is. And diversity means a lot of things. It's not just about people and culture and language. It's also about landscape. Um, it's also about agriculture. It's also about, um, you know, just the ways of life of different people. And when we start thinking about it that way, we start becoming creative about the different solutions there are to global problems. So yeah. that's why I'm taking this approach. And the, it really took a long time for me to get to this way of thinking and treating the problem because for a long time I treated the problem like any other African person or any other American person, in, in fact, because, you know, it took me a long time to get here because I was thinking like an American to solve Africa's problems. But then at the end of the day, Africa has its own solution. And even till today, I still get pushback from people from all, you know, both Africans, Americans, like I get pushback 
because they're just like, well, what do you mean? Like, this doesn't make sense. Why are you trying to? And it's because this is a paradigm that is not, it's not being approached this way right now. And I believe that one day, uh, or at least even if it's not one day, but I believe it, there's a space for this. And so my concern is not to convince, but to put my hand to that which I know how to do. And um, last, before I, I mean, I, I know I'm going on, but I'm just going to say one last thing. In 2000, and I believe 14, there was a woman who was a, who was Iranian. She was from Iran and she won like the math version of the Nobel prize. I can't remember what it is. I think it's the Fields medal or something like that, but she was a woman and she was the first, first person from Iran to ever win this award. And the first woman to ever win this award. And she didn't want to do any interviews. She did not want to talk to anybody. It's like, usually when somebody is that unique, they want to be on yeah, the news. Yeah, they want to be out there. <laughs> yeah, they want to be out there. They want everybody to know their name. And they're like, look, yes. look at me. I did it so you can do it too. That's the typical thing for something like that. And I found it so amazing and inspirational that she was just like, well, this is great. I'm glad that I did this, you know, that I'm, that I'm so great. And I'm glad you all care and want to know more about me. But there, I mean, I'm just like anybody else. I don't want to bring too much attention to myself. And that to me was very inspirational because it really made me think she's doing this for the love of the game. She's not doing this for anybody else, but because she really loves math. And like anybody who thinks someone really loves math, they're like, what? Like, you know, anybody in like high school is like, what? Somebody really loves math that they just want to do math. (laughs) And they don't want anybody to know that they just like doing math. Like, yeah. it just sounds crazy. Yeah, it does. Um, it's just, especially in our generation, you know, where every social media you want to be out there, it sounds really strange that she doesn't want to be out there. Exactly. And it's like, and if she, but the funny thing is, if she did get on stage and say, look, I did math, you can do it too. It's almost like she becomes like a symbol, but like, um, almost like a caricature of who she yeah. really is, yeah. where we're all looking like, Oh, we all of us should be doing math. When in fact, maybe not everyone should. Not be everyone, doing math. yes. And that's actually a really good point for the topic of our discussion. So I'm, I'm actually going to save what I would say about that. But, yeah. um, but, but yeah, I really was inspired by her in a way because, in my mind, it, because it it, became, it made something for me more um, potent. The fact that it does not matter what anybody thinks about the process of what I'm doing. The yes. creation of this Evo content, I should just put my head down, focus on it, and make it happen, regardless of what people have to say. And yes. thank God for the internet because now I can just put it online, and uh, you know, if he build, if you build it, they will come. Anyone who wants to come and see will have it online, even whether or not I'm alive or here to see it or not. People yes. can just come to it. So we've created Ikenga Nation TV that is currently available on Amazon Fire, and it's also available on um, Roku TV, um, which is becoming popular. And then we're going to be getting it on um, on um, YouTube again soon. We used to have it on YouTube, but things happened. And then um, we'll soon be. We also have a podcast, Ikenga Nation Presents podcast. And we're going to try to get it on a lot of other platforms and continue to spread the message that, you know, indigenous languages have a space. They have a place 
in science, technology, and all the other conversations that are being had. Because, you know, their symbols, their languages, and their stories are important too. Yes. Yeah, I'm glad you said that because, you know, like the wise men say, for you to understand the present, you have to go back and understand the history, the past. So so you understand why things are happening the way it's happening. I think that will give you more perspective on things. You know, okay, now I see why people act this way. Now I see why they have this language, why they they, they get married this way. You are right. I like the, what you guys are doing, the Ikenga Nation, um, what you guys are doing in trying to put it out there to promote evil culture, you know, because most of our people here, they don't teach their kids the, our, our language. They Not just here. People back in Potakot, Nigeria, people back mm-hmm. in even Enugu, the ones in Igbo land, they make their kids just speak English because they have been brainwashed. Most of us, we have been brainwashed, you know, thinking the English language is the good one, is the that's how you, you know, display that your children are smart or they went to the best yeah. school. And which is, this is a, something in our country, we have a lot to, to learn and unlearn. Edit, delete, we have a lot to do in Nigeria, but it's okay. The change doesn't happen you know, immediately. It takes some time. America, take time. Uh, yeah, America, the United Nations, they are right now, it's not something that happened a day. It takes a while. Oh. A lot of people died on the way. A lot of people, you know, a lot happened. A lot mm-hmm. of sacrifices was put. So I think if made. we are in Nigeria are willing to do those things, you know, and try to, and also know that it's good, you have to be patient. Those changes will not just happen fast for us. But um, for us not to go more in depth on this, because I want us to get into the topic of today, because the topic of today is a lot, you know, it's yep. very <laughs> in depth. So I want us to talk more, spend most of our time talking about the topic. So the topic of today is career women in today's society. Um, and then first of all, before we go into it, let me define what a career woman is. According to the Collins Dictionary, because I googled this, a career woman is a woman who regards her job and progressing in it as very important. Um, basically, um, some people might describe it as a woman that puts her career as a top priority over getting married or having kids. You know, so how do you define a career woman? That's very deep. Um, so, uh, I, I would consider myself a career woman by that definition that you said, because yeah. I do prioritize my passion. I do prioritize Ikenga Nation and what I'm doing there over marriage. Yeah. Um, so if, if that's the definition, then that's me. Okay. But I personally don't exactly say that that is career woman because there are a lot of women who have a career, but they also have a, a, a wife and a husband, sorry, oh, oh, sorry, but they also have a husband. Oh, some of them have wives because some do. We're, yeah. in America, <laughs> we're in America and, and lesbianism yeah, some is something. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, you know, people who have a spouse and they have children and they have full lives, including their career. And it's not, a, it's not abnormal and to do that, especially here in America and even in Nigeria and um, in Africa, a lot of women are, are in the workforce now. And it's not unusual. So to say that it's just they prioritize their work over their families is not it's a not good a definition. It's not yeah. fair to say yeah. because that's not exactly how, how it is. How, but yeah. It's not typical. Yes. I mean, society will put up what they want to, you know, they will define things how they want to define it. It doesn't always make it right. But let's talk about some of the stereotypes because they do have a lot of, this career woman thing has a lot of uh, a stigma to it, like a bad connotation mm-hmm. to it. So let's talk about the, some of the bad connotation or stereotypes that um, people 
have for a career woman. Number one is they are hardly they hardly smile and they are strong like a man. And this way is not in a good way. Like, um, and I always wonder this stereotype being strong like a man, hardly smile. You know, they're very strict. You know, is it? Does this stereotype stereo from men or is it from women? Or would you say it's both people that come up with these um, stereotypes? I think both people contribute to the stereotype in the sense that saying that a career woman is mannish. I think one of the things that, uh, first of all, you have to think about the implications of that. Number one, it means that to be serious, you have to be a man. And I don't think that's true. I think there are a lot of women who are very serious about their lives, about their families, about their careers, about whatever it is that they're passionate about. I think a lot of, there are a lot of women who have put that kind of passion in to the point where, you know, they get serious sometimes. And those same women can be serious sometimes and be playful other times. So yes. it's not just 100% a woman is a certain way. And the thing that reminds me of that is when I was in Nigeria, you see all kinds of women there who some of them are very serious and some of them, you see women who are working with their hands in you know, roles that you would, like here in America, you only see really men doing construction work. Yes. or you know doing you know things that with their hands hard hard labor hard things. labor but in yes. nigeria you can find women doing that regularly and yes. you would think that like and i'm sure in parts of you know eastern europe and other places too you often see women doing that and so they think these women aren't supposed to be angry but it just means that they're working hard and they're focused and they're doing what they're doing so yes. to say that a woman who's a career woman is is like a man or that being serious about what you're doing is being like a man like it's it's a it's a stereotype and it comes yes from okay so you said where is it coming from I think it comes from men and it comes from women it comes from a particular type of woman who wants to associate being feminine with um you know being weak or being soft yeah yeah and there's nothing wrong with being weak and soft at some times the problem is when you just say, well, this is all that a woman is and this is all that a man is, clear cut. Yes. And that's not exactly how the world works. Um, when you do that, you rob yourself of understanding the textures of people. So no, I, I think that it's not good to look at it that way. And I think it comes from both men and women, but before everything, it comes from society because yes. you see things on TV, that show that a woman has to have this long hair and wear makeup and, you know, ask men for money and do all these things. And it starts to spread. The, 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 the noise about that starts to spread. You see it in books, you see it on TV. And before we know it, we have a stereotype. about. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, did you enjoy this interview? Well, make sure you come back on Friday to hear more about it. The part two of this interview, you totally do not want to miss this one. Trust me. I'm so sorry for cutting it short, but you will definitely understand why when you come back on Friday. Thank you. And I'll make sure you subscribe to wherever you're listening to right now so you can get the latest episode every time I upload. Thank you. And I will talk to you guys more on Friday. Bye-bye.